Kate Mila Falcha and welcome to the Letter from Ireland show. You're listening to Series 1, Episode 2. Fault to everybody and welcome to the Letter from Ireland show and I'm Mike and I'm Karina and we're delighted to be here with you for the next 30 minutes or so going through all things Irish heritage and uh, basically aiming to help bring your Irish ancestry to life. So how are you doing today, Corinne? Really good, Mike. Really good. <laughs> okay. How about yourself? Well, you look good anyway, and you're smiling away there opposite me. We should really go on full video for this particular show from now on. I'm doing great as well, actually. Uh, I mean, the sun's shining outside. It's coming on the end of November as we actually record this particular show. And of course, that's coming up to Thanksgiving for all our listeners over in the USA. Yes. So happy, happy Thanksgiving. Happy Thanksgiving, guys. Yeah. And indeed, uh, hopefully you survived the Thanksgiving at this point and enjoyed it. And, um, you know, I suppose one of the things, and we get many, many, many letters from our readers and listeners uh, every week, and one of the requests we get made on a regular basis is people want to hear how the Irish language sounds. So, yes, 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 that is a regular request, Mike, and I, I really like the way you um, help people pronounce it by breaking down the words in your letters. But God, that is such hard work. <laughs> compared with sitting in front of a microphone like we're doing here and actually getting to pronounce so people can hear, isn't it? Yes, yes. Yeah, so that's, yeah. this is going to be fun. Yes. So what's the subject? What's the subject matter today, Corinne? So we're going to look at the Irish language and we're going to do it a little bit f- with a bit of a fun crack with it. How about oh, God, it sounds like a class. <laughs> is it no, like a class? how about if we use some of those wonderful Irish sayings and phrases yeah. and use that as an introduction to the Irish language? Yes, that is, that is so nice. Yeah. So we get the wisdom of the Celtic language as well as learning a little bit of Irish on the way. Okay, so we're going to do that in the first letter and we're going to introduce uh, some really old Irish sayings and with, as Karina says, uh, lots of encapsulated wisdom there for the ages. And we'll go through what it sounds like in Irish and what it sounds like in English. And then in the second letter, and we're going to go through two letters today, we're going to go through something I think that's close to a lot of people's heart. And that's basically, what does your surname sound like in an Irish accent? So we're going to take one of our readers who asked us a question, and we're going to travel up the country and look at how that surname changed depending upon where you are. So that's what's uh, lined up for the rest of this particular episode. And how about we just get stuck straight in? Let's do that. Okay, let's do that. So what I'm going to do now is I'm going to start off by uh, reading uh, the particular letter, which is all about the actual sayings in Irish. And uh, between Karina and myself, we're going to read a few of them for you in the Irish and in the English. So, Cade me the and welcome to this week's letter from Ireland. The weather here is getting wetter by the day almost in biblical proportions. A dry day seems rarer now than a hen's tooth. I hear that many of our friends in North America are enjoying the first snowfalls of the year all of this week. I do hope you're keeping safe and comfortable wherever you are. I'm settling into a glass of water from the well and it's particularly sweet at the moment. Now I do hope you join me with a cup of whatever you fancy yourself and we'll start into today's letter from Ireland. I must admit... I find English, the language of this letter, to be one of the most beautiful languages in the world. Down through the century, 
It stretched in the most imaginative of directions. It absorbed the beautiful lines of the poets and the scribes, those who were supported by wealthy power, and then took on the words and culture of each land that it colonised in turn. One of these lands was Ireland, a place where the Irish language evolved over the centuries to reflect and describe the traditions and culture of the people. Just last Friday morning, I was sitting in my car at 9 o'clock in the morning. Now, the car was not moving and being stuck in a traffic jam is rarely a pleasure, but in this case I looked on in wonder as hundreds of school children made their way into the local school. It was a newly built Gwaelskull. That's a place where all subjects are taught through the language of Irish. Irish was a language that was in catastrophic decline since the 17th century, and that language is the subject of our letter today. Is there room for the Irish language in your life? Irish is a language of stories, heroes, music, tradition, connection and family that's been used on this island of Ireland for thousands of years. We first became aware of Irish in its written form as the monks who transcribed the old Latin manuscripts wrote notes in Old Irish on the margins of the pages. This was the 6th century and the Old Irish language absorbed many Latin words through the activity of these monks. And in fact I do believe that quite a few early Latin words actually got informed by the Irish in turn. By the 10th century Irish had evolved into what we call Middle Irish today. And this was a version that was spoken across Ireland and had actually travelled across to Scotland and the Isle of Man with the Irish people of the time. Today, what we call Scots Gaelic, for example, is a dialect of this Middle Irish language. Now, by the 17th century, we get the modern Irish that's still in use today. At that time, Irish was spoken by the majority of the people of Ireland, and it wasn't until the time of the Great Famine, or on Gortamor, the Great Hunger, as we say in Irish, that the language went into catastrophic decline, and that continues until today. However, if I look at the 1901 census records that show my great-grandfather's household, he's noted as speaking both English and Irish. So that's back in 1901. Now this mix of languages remained common for many of our ancestors across the rural townlands of Ireland. The Wisdom of Irish Proverbs The Irish language is a keen observer of nature and the cycles of life and death. Much of the wisdom that has passed from generation to generation was encoded in many of the Irish proverbs and blessings we know today. These proverbs are known in Irish as Shanuckle, or old words. And just let me break that down a bit for you. We have Shan, S-E-A-N, meaning old, and Fuckle, meaning basically a word. So Shanuckle actually means old words, uh, or old sayings, or old wise sayings. Now let's explore some Irish through the medium of these proverbs. Maybe you've heard of some. I'm sure you might even have a few more to add yourself. So here we go. Um, is buna port na glor na nain? Is buna fuckle na thicka on tail? A tune outlast the song of the birds, a word outlast the wealth of the world. I like this proverb as it reminds me of the important things in life, but also underlines the value and power that the Irish place in music and the spoken word. In a way, it shows the priorities of an entire people through one proverb. So over to you, Karina. Well, how about this one, Mike? It's mach an scéalí an aimsir. And that means time is a great storyteller. I think this is one to bear in mind as you dig deeper into your family ancestry. Over time, many stories and myths 
have come to surround and enliven what were once facts of the day. I also like that the word I'm sure, spelt A-I-M-S-I-R, can also mean weather. As we all know, the weather can be a great trickster in Ireland. That's for sure. Um, the next one then is Mockenteer over Antua. Now, this basically means the son of a craftsman may grow up ignorant of his father's skills. And I think we kind of know that uh, saying in lots of different uh, countries in lots of different ways. And of course, this is a timeless piece of wisdom that tells us we often don't appreciate that which is closest. But if you have another look, it's interesting. As you know, I like to chat about Irish surnames. And here you see an interesting view on a particular surname. First, you see Mac. So I said Mockenteer, which of course means son and is a prefix for many Irish and Scottish surnames. Next, the word Tear, and that's actually spelled T, uh, sorry, spelled T-S-A-O-I-R. And that's actually from the Irish word for free, which is the word Seer, which equates with a craftsman or a freeman. So essentially means son of the freeman. So which, which if you like, in old, which he was, in fact, in old Irish society. So if you think about it, a craftsman was a freeman. So finally, this son of the craftsman gives us the later surnames, Macketeer, Freeman, McIntyre, and all sorts of anglicizations of Macintyre. Like these surnames, a lot of the Irish language has survived in the form of the Irish surnames in your family, names such as Heffernan, Murphy, Kelly, Janine, McNamara, O'Brien, Mannion, Cleary, Byrne, Connolly, Foley, Lynch, Doherty. Just a small example of surnames that started out in the Irish language at one stage. Now, do you know your Irish family surnames in Irish? How about another one? How about this one? And oit of will the cree is on a horse the kosahu. And this means that your feet will bring you to where your heart is. Queen, would you mind saying that again in Irish? It sounds lovely. <laughs> and oit of will the cree is on a horse the kosahu. Oh, I do like that one. You can dream all you want, but you need to take the first steps and use those kosa or feet and start doing it. At least that's the way I choose to read this this uh, lovely Shanockel. How about you? Certainly agree with you there, that's for sure. The next one down is Iskara Kaur Dana Andoris. And that basically means God's help is closer than the door. And you know, many Irish proverbs give reference to God, Mary and the saints. You might have noticed that. And this seems to sit well with most Irish people who have an instinctive belief in a power and grace beyond the individual. And this is another one I think that's very close to all our hearts. Ersko Akela Avaramid, which simply means we live in the shelter of one another. Finally, this is one of my favourites, which you may have heard me use before, because it is true, my friend, for people of Irish ancestry throughout the world, we share so much in our attitude and values, and we truly do live in the shelter of one another. So I suppose as I think back on those young school children lining up to enter the Gwail Skull last Friday, it delights me that this great language of ours has a chance to become an essential part of our everyday lives once again. Would you like to learn some Irish? Maybe you know a few words already. Slán for now. Mike and Karina. So Karina, what do you think about the Irish language and its state today? Do you have a, you know, a view on that? 
Well, I think there's a real revival and interest in the Irish language, and that's lovely to see. But then there is the other side of it where a lot of people feel that they don't use the language and would prefer to learn, maybe when they're in school, a foreign language like French or Spanish, where they feel they can use it, it maybe in their work or their study or maybe in their career. It is interesting, isn't it? And, you know, I always enjoy if you kind of go off to West Mayo, for example, or onto the Aran Islands or maybe down to Cape Clear in West Cork, there's nothing nicer than actually hearing the Irish language in everyday use. Yeah, and that's know? a privilege I think we still have here in we Ireland, do. Mike, we haven't do. we? And we we've do. noticed that a lot in our travels around, that you'll hear people chatting away or using the odd word, mixing Irish and English as well. Absolutely. So with that, Karina, we're actually going to move on to our second letter in this episode. And um, it's a letter all about, have you heard your surname in the Irish with an Irish accent? Cade Milfaulcha, and welcome once again to your letter from Ireland. All is well here in this little corner of County Cork, and spring seems to be well on its way. Just by the way, I just realised this is a letter from last spring, Karina. So uh, November, and uh, we're a little bit wishful there when we say spring is on its way, but there you go. Anyway. Um, I think, Mike, we call this artistic (laughs) (laughs) licence. Nice one. So I hope you're getting some nice weather wherever you are in the world today. Last Friday morning, we had an eclipse of the sun, quite a sight as it was nice and sunny that morning here in Cork. Can you imagine what our ancestors must have made of such a phenomena? Did you manage to catch any of the eclipse where you live yourself? I'm sitting down to a nice cup of Barry's tea as we chat, and I do hope you'll have a cup of whatever you fancy and join me for today's letter. Now, on to today. Do you actually have a strong accent? How about the people around you? This morning we take a look at a request from one of our readers and then consider the Irish accent. How many Irish surnames in your family tree? I received the following request some time ago from one of our Green Room members. And this is what she wrote. I have been receiving your letter from Ireland for a few months and wonder if you can tell me anything about the name Nylon in terms of county of origin and what would be the best way to proceed with finding more information on my ancestors. I lost my parents and siblings when I was younger, so there was no way to trace through relatives. Then I looked around on your blog and the various topics, but I can't seem to find anything that would help me in my search. Thank you so much for your time, Mary Nylon. And that's Mary Nylon. Thanks very much again, Mary. Um, And just to point out that Mary's uh, surname is actually spelt N I L. A-N. And as we see it here in Cork and Ireland, we actually will pronounce it Nylon. So, so as I said, no problem at all, Mary. However, for the benefit of all of our readers, we are going to widen the question out to cover a few extra topics. And these are topics that come up frequently as we look at our Irish ancestry. You see, Nylon is one of those surnames that has a lot of variations. I know that could be frustrating for a lot of people. And this can make it quite confusing as you delve deeper into your family's past. Do you have a surname like that? Now, where does Nylon come from? Well, it comes from the Irish O'Nylon, which is derived from the Irish first name Nile. That's N-I-A-L-L. And O'Nylon literally means descendant of the son of Nile. However, that was the original Irish Over the years, English became more prevalent across the island of Ireland and most of our names became anglicised. 
This Anglicisation took place from the late 17th century onwards, and by that time, O Nylon, and I'm, I'm going to spell that for you, is O Father, that's O with a dash over it, followed by N-I-A-L-L, A Father I-N, O Nylon, was found in a number of parts of the country. Much of the Anglicising of the Irish names was done phonetically, and depending upon where it was found, this depended on regional accents and other influences. And we'll come back to these variations in accents in a moment. The source of uh, the O'Nylon family name was from around the town of Ennis in modern County Clare. They were part of the Dalgash tribe who came to prominence in Ireland in the 900s, quite, quite a long time ago. And the first mention of the surname was in 1093 AD. And by the way, Irish surnames were introduced much earlier than most other countries. And the mention was for an individual called Phelim O'Nylon, one of the families from around Ennis in County Clare. So Mary, that's your first mentioned ancestor just there. Now the O'Nylons were a prominent family in that part of Clare over the following 700 years, and family members became bishops of Kilfenora and Kildare, as well as extensive landholders. However, from the late 1600s onwards, life was changing drastically for Irish aristocratic families who chose to remain Roman Catholic, and families such as the O'Nylons. At that point, the family were known in English as the O'Neillans. I'll spell that O-N-E-Y-L-A-N-S, O'Neillans. Many of the sons of the more prominent families went to Europe as wild geese in the late 1600s into the 1700s to fight in the Austrian army of the time, and those that remained in Ireland mostly became landless tenants and wandering labourers, often forced north and west into the poorer lands of North Clare, Galway and Mayo. And just kind of a comment there, Corrine, I mean, I think a huge number of our readers, their ancestors actually emigrated from counties on the west coast of Ireland. So we're talking about Donegal, Sligo, down into Mayo, Galway, Clare, Kerry, Cork. Mm -hmm. And of course, this was actually typically from the worst. Worst land, I guess, and poorer areas. That was about it, yeah. Yeah. But at the same time, it was kind of a huge area as well. And one was very separated from another. And I know we're talking about the Irish language and Irish pronunciation today. And even you and I know, when we listen to somebody speak with a Donegal Irish, speak in Donegal Irish. Well, we call that a canoeant. And so the different accents in Ireland, the different canoeants. So we have here in the south, we're canoeant the moon. So we we have a southern Irish accent. Of monster, yeah. And speak a different type of Irish, really. More in the pronunciation and the spelling um, than up north. Yes. So it can actually be a challenge for people in Ireland to listen to other other areas of Ireland speak Irish. It's it's yeah. it's actually difficult to pick up. There are huge variances, aren't there? Yes. Really, yeah. and you can only imagine what it must have been way back when, before the time of the bicycle and the train and so on, where people did stay local, or else they perhaps emigrated thousands of miles away, but they stayed local. So let's move on to the actual how the O'Neillans or the O'Neillans might have actually sounded with the various Irish accents. So, when an Irish surname meets an Irish accent. Now, the phonetic translation of the Irish surname O'Neillan into O'Neillan, pronounced Nailan, which I just said, gives you an idea of the County Clare accent of the day. Remember, they came from Edison County Clare. As the name travelled north into South County Galway, it became anglicised as Nylan and Nylan as in N-Y-L-A-N or N-I-L-N-I-N-I-L-A-N 
reflecting the County Galway accent of the time. However, even further north in County Mayo, the name received a D at the end, and it became Nyland, and N-Y-L-A-N-D, and N-I-L-A-N-D. And of course, they're very particular in County Mayo with regards to their pronunciations. So you could say that Mary Nyland's surname came about as a particular Irish family fell into hard times and was anglicised by the varied regional accents of the west of Ireland. As Mary's ancestors received the Nyland name, that's N-I-L-A-N, this most likely happened as they lived in South Galway around Kinvara, at the time the name became anglicised. But, for all the variations of the name, the N-I-L-A-N-S, the Nailands, the Nylands, the Neelands and so on, all of their Marys would still be written as Mara Nínalán, have I got that right, Karina? That's perfect. If Mary wasn't married. Yeah. And she'd be, <laughs> that's nice, well said. That actually be said, so Mara Nailon in the original tongue of our Irish ancestors, just anglicised or said differently. I suppose, Mike, there's a little bit of help there, isn't there, mm. in the spelling of the name. It can give Go you a on. little bit of help in the area of where you're your ancestors or yes. relations may have come from. Absolutely. Would that be right? See, this is it, because people, once I kind of see people give me the precise spelling of the surnames, suddenly you can actually have a really useful clue as to where particularly they're likely to have come from. So you're absolutely right. So imagine that, the actual local accent, and as a result, how name gets anglicised, gives you that fundamental clue that might break down a very particular brick wall. Well, and maybe pinpoint to a certain area in the country. There you go. So how about you? Do you have one of these Irish names that seem to have 57 varieties of spelling? Slán for now. Mike and Karina. So Karina, that's, you know, and by the way, folks, um, in the uh, show notes, and I'll we'll make an announcement at the end of the show just where you can actually see these. I'm actually going to include the letter as well so you can actually see how these things are actually written for yourself as you listen and maybe refer back and forward if you are a real student of this sort of thing. But um, that is really our two views, if you like, on starting into the Irish language. And I think over subsequent shows, I think we're going to pull the Irish language to the forefront quite a bit and have a listen to how it sounds. Well, and also it may be providing some clues for people who are looking for their ancestors, Mike, if we look back into the Irish spellings and how the Irish is used. That's it, folks. It's not just all entertainment around here. There has to be a lot of hard work, hard graft, you know. You have to be breaking down those brick walls one or two a day, pumping it out. Now, I'm only kidding. We're going to actually make it as entertaining as possible. But, you know, there are some fundamental things, like Karina says there. Once you get a kind of a feel as to, you know, the, the feel of the language and the feel of how it flowed in the various parts and how it got anglicized in various parts of the country, um, these things kind of tend to join together. And it becomes a little bit more fun. And I think as well as that, you start to explore not just the spelling of your name, not just the details of your particular family, but the heritage of the time, the language of the time, the place of the time. And bring your Irish ancestry to life. Oh, we can't top that, that, can we? Absolutely, we can't top that. So, folks, that's the end of our episode two. So, um, great to have you along for the ride. And I do hope you're going to actually stay tuned for the future episodes of the Letter from Ireland show. Well, that's it from the Letter from Ireland show for this episode. Remember, you can see the full show notes, including the written letters themselves and helpful links, over at youririshheritage.com forward slash episode 101. That's youririshheritage.com forward slash episode 101. 
0-1. And in the next episode, well, I ask you a question. Have you ever had a drop of the Irish? Irish whiskey, that is. We're going to be looking at the story of Irish whiskey down through the centuries and decades. We're going to look at some of the surnames, some of the families attached to that. And we're also going to look at one family in particular who left Ireland many, many centuries ago to set up one of the great, I suppose, drinks dynasties over in France and where they are today. And I'm sure you'll actually recognize them when you hear them. So looking forward to that. That's going to be next week. Do join us. And in the meantime, have a great week. Salam for now.